Thank you for the grace and the love of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. Won't you please touch us, O Lord, and minister to our minds, O great God. Let the inspiration of heaven be upon your children. Lead and guide us, O Lord, into all truth. Bring us close, O God, to your holy hand and your mighty message. We are in need of your great power and your great glory, dear God. And I give you thanks. If you have a Bible this morning, I would like all of us to look to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59, verse 19. So they that fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Take a moment, let's pray together. Father God, let your word enlighten our hearts. Give us your grace and your glory, and your wisdom and your power, O oh Lord. I give you praise, Jesus Christ, and I worship you, living God. O oh Lord, O oh God, my Savior, you are the King and the Savior and the God of glory. Thank you, Jesus, for everything. Thank you for your love and your peace and your divine compassion, O oh great God. I thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said hallelujah. All right, you may be seated. The Lord bless you. I'm turning to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 12. Appreciate you being here this morning, each and every one of you. It's a beautiful day. It's good to be right in God's house. I'm glad I'm not in a some kind of hailstone flurry somewhere or other things that have come upon people in different parts of the nation, tornadoes and what have you. And we're going to keep thanking God for 10 plus years of no storms to speak of. What a great God we serve. And I say we keep giving him praise. Keep giving him praise. All right. I'm in Revelation chapter 12. Much to be thankful about this morning, church family. If you'll look at verse 15 of Revelation 12. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Verse 16, And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. 
And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. You know, church family, there are certainly times when uh, you have read the Bible, you know, about the heavens being like iron and God's face is hid from me and there have been laments and prayer by men and women both in times of tribulation, and which is hard times, difficulties, and uh, the Bible certainly does speak of time of tribulation, even escalating to the point where it would be great tribulation. Some people have managed to slip the word, the article, the, in front of that, but it's not in the Bible. Never talked about the great tribulation, but it did talk about tribulation. Hard times that when there would be adversity and there would be that which would Kind of come up in your face. Bible even talked about he that dasheth in pieces has come up before thy face. And uh, the enemy certainly never does come to do anything good. And uh, you'll never find any mercy with him. You can never reason with him. I mean, you can attempt to, but it's not going to come to pass. He's not a reasonable fellow, and uh, he has no incentive to be reasonable. He's doomed. He's fighting a losing battle, but his only motive, his only purpose to continue to fight is to get you, to get you. Hell in the grave is never satisfied, the Scripture said. So he's going to keep on keeping on, and he's going to fight to the end, the bitter end. But he will, he will be broken without hand and without remedy. We have much assurance in the book, and for that I'm most happy and most glad. I'm very happy that our God is, you know, we serve an active God. There is a song, you know, God's not dead. He's still alive. <laughs> and uh, I love it because he has his way of not only showing me, and I'll say you, but all those that we witness to. I want to give praise to my God this morning about Two weeks ago, three at the most, I um, had a dental appointment. I had a pretty severe pain situation going on. And uh, sometimes I felt like it was playing hopscotch in my mouth. You know, it hurt here, then it hurt up here. Then it'd go back here, then it'd come up here. And I, like, you know, make up your mind, you know. And uh, so I went to the dentist, and they did x-rays, and they sent me actually to two different dentists. And, uh, the one dentist was a specialist uh, 
with regards to root canals. And, uh, but he felt like he couldn't save the tooth. He sent me back to the main dentist, and when the main dentist came in to me, I said, you know, you and I are kind of in the same business. I said, I save souls. I said, I'm hoping you save teeth. Because I really didn't want my tooth pulled. And uh, so he said, well, you know, he said, we've taken x-rays, and but we're going to take a, a CT. I assume that was a CAT scan. You know, all these medical terms are fortunately something I don't have a lot of experience with personally. And um, I've had doctors kind of get mad at me about, you know, I don't do this and I don't do that, and you haven't had this test, and you didn't do that, and you didn't do the other. And uh, especially when the guy was being designated as my primary care physician, whom I've never had any such thing in my life, and uh, they get mad at you. And I said, look, I got X number of miles on this model. And I said, don't get mad at me because, you know, I have been healthy. I'm thankful. And when I haven't been so healthy, I, I have this wonderful God who said, I'm the Lord thy God which healeth thee. Woo, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Amen. And amen and amen. Well, uh, the doctor said, uh, yeah, we're going to have to go in there. We're going to have to do some work down there and, you know, well, you got this pain going on, so you're kind of, you know, agreeing. Okay, he's going to go in there and do a little quick thing, and it'll all be over, right? The only problem is there was one little part of that that I think it made the pain worse. They said, we're going to give you a $1,000 discount. It's only going to cost you $10,900. I was like, say what? Did, did I hear you right? So, you know, being in the church for 46-plus years, I've been very blessed to hear some wonderful testimonies and to be a part of prayer and seeing wonderful miracles. And we had a dear old Sister Cannon. None of you here except maybe the Weeklies, and my wife would know her. And uh, she's, of course, passed on to her reward. And, whoa, what a reward it is. And she, uh, she told me, she said, uh, the dentist told her, and this is way back in the 70s, told her that uh, she was going to have to have some dental work done. It was going to cost about $5,000. Well, back in the 70s, $5,000 was about the equivalent of $10,900 today. And uh, so she just told me, she said, I just told the Lord, you know, if you'll heal me, Lord, she said, I'd much rather give the money to the church. She said, I'll just write the check out to the church and give it to the church, and you just go ahead and heal me. And so she did, and he did. Oh, that was a pretty good arrangement. <laughs> amen. And amen. So, you know, I ripped a page out of Sister Cannon's book of testimony, and I told the Lord, I said, you know, Lord, that money is better used for all of the different things that we're under the load about right now. And, uh, you know, you don't have to go too far right next door. 
and then other things that we're carrying, Fort Myers and, and everything that we're trying to do by the grace of God. And so the Lord healed me. He just healed me. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't bite down, and, and I had continual pain. And they told me that it was, they explained everything to me, what was wrong. And what they were going to, what all they were going to do, they're going to yank that tooth out and they're going to put two implants in and blah, 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 blah. So I just went to the Lord and I just told him about it. And you know, the pain went away. And I can't, I've been able to bite down the last three weeks with no pain whatsoever. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being my healer. Amen. And, and you know, there's something about teeth. We kind of usually just accept that we have to have the teeth worked on. We, we're different about cancer and, you know, blood diseases and brain tumors or tumors anywhere. We tackle them and we pray for them and we anoint with oil and send cloths and do all kinds. God does wonderful miracles. But somehow when it comes to teeth, we just kind of throw up our hands and say, okay, whatever. But, and I, I admit to pretty much being the same way. You know? But that 10,900 stopped me dead in my tracks. <laughs> and I was like, no way. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't want to do that, Lord. Come on, Lord. <laughs> oh, he's a good God, isn't he? He's a wonderful God. Yes, he is. Thank you, Sister Cannon. Thank you for many that have testimonies, great testimonies in the Word of God. There are, as I said, things that are going to come against the church, against the body of Christ, individually and collectively. There's going to be things that are going to rise up against us. I'm going to read to you from the book of Jeremiah Jeremiah chapter 46, if I remember right. Jeremiah 46. You know, Sister Clarissa, if, um, if the baby gets noisy, it's okay. It's just getting used to my voice, and it's, it's one of my fans behind me. I love it. <laughs> my sheep know my voice, right? Jeremiah 46, and verse 6, let not the swift flee away, nor the mighty man escape. They shall stumble and fall toward the north by the river Euphrates. Who is this that cometh up as a flood, whose waters are moved as the rivers? Egypt riseth up like a flood, and his waters are moved like the rivers. And he saith, I will go up and will cover the earth. I will destroy the city and the inhabitants thereof. The enemy has often used different elements to fight the church, the people of God. 
And as we read in Revelation, and if you watch chapter 12, it's quite interesting. For there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, that's the church, the sun being this New Testament time in which we live. It's the greater light which we have. And the moon, the lesser light, under her feet, that's the law, and upon her head a crown, 12 stars, that's the rewards. And she being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. There are two systems, church family. And there is the system of the beast, and there is God's system. God's church, God's body, God's bride to be his wife, God's people. And God loves his people. And God sees what the enemy attempts to do and the trouble that he brings, the tribulation that he brings. And his tail, this old dragon, okay, this great red dragon, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. You better believe, and you need to understand, that Satan, when he rose up against God, and you know it only takes one, and he rose up against God, and he took issue with God. He didn't like this, and he didn't like something else, and threw his voice around. And not only did he have the audacity, the boldness, to get up in God's face, but then he began to slip around the angels, the ones that were called to be holy and elect angels. After all, Satan himself was called to be an archangel. He was appointed to guard the throne of God. And he starts rebelling against God. He starts giving God mouth and lip. And he, the characteristic that he displayed has never stopped. The things that were set in motion before the foundation of the world are still in motion today. Those same symptoms, those same characteristics. And he started slipping around and getting around different angels that were, and they all knew he was an archangel. They all knew that he was created beautifully in splendor and given much talent, particularly seems to be around, built around music and his tabrets, the Bible talks about. So he, he had that, well, in our vernacular, he had that personality. He had that, that swag. You know, I wondered for a while, some guy, Brother Martin, it might be a little chilly. He, um, he, I wondered for a little while what that, what that swag meant. 
Now, I was familiar with the word swagger, but that's how I always heard it, swagger. So, obviously, somebody just shortened it a little bit, get your swag on. Well, if your swag is spiritual and you're, you're, you're swaggering for Jesus, I got no problem with that, <laughs> you know. But if, if you've got a whole other spirit going on there, then we got a little problem. All right. So, that's what Satan did. He, he brought his swagger to town, and he began to move among those that were called to be holy and elect angels that were appointed their place, their habitation, their estate in God. He began to talk to them. He began to try to win over their competence and get them. He took advantage of his position and his being who he was appointed by God. And he began to, if you please, went over the different angels to the point that the Bible said when he was, Satan was thrust out of heaven, that his tail, the great red dragon, his tail, and we could spell that two ways, T-A-I-L, his tail, and then his tail, his lie. And remember, he's described as the father of lies. And that people that get taken in by him as Jesus was being insulted in the days of his flesh. And they were insulting him and they said, we be not born of fornication like you. We know who your mama baby is. They thought, didn't they? They thought that Joseph, as supposed, was his father. Wasn't, wasn't. Oh, it's just amazing how people that go off and say so much, they get on social media and they say so much stuff. And their facts are so wrong. But you see, that doesn't matter with Satan because he's a liar <laughs> and he's the father of lies. And when he rose up, as he has through history, through different figures that are infamous in history, like Hitler. Hitler said, don't, don't just tell a lie. He said, tell a big lie. Yeah, tell a big lie. And Satan just went around telling big lies and convincing angels to throw away their heavenly place to all on the premise that he had something better to offer them. Now, what that was has never been produced. <laughs> has never been produced. But he, he promises. Yeah. You know, I'm really happy, and I think you should be too, that the Lord, the Lord, the Bible said, has promised us Life eternal. And you know, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. Well, we count that slackness when we talk about Satan, because he don't never produce. He don't never produce. I always like to laugh about the, the old, I guess it's a Motown classic, I don't know. Uh, that's a long, long, long washed away in the blood life for me, but uh, 
You know, I always said Ike and Tina, they just couldn't produce. They couldn't even keep their marriage together. You know. And, uh, but you know, they sang, ain't no mountain too high and ain't no valley too low. Well, that's true of my God, but it ain't true of Ike and Tina. <laughs> I'm glad I'm relying on God and not Ike and Tina. All right? And I'm glad, and I'm not trying to slap at Ike and Tina, poor things. I'm trying to simply say that I want to put my trust, my faith, my confidence in my God. Because he comes through. He keeps his promises. He keeps his promises. And he doesn't talk junk. He does not talk junk. He does not come along. Would you ever read in the Bible about God said, I'll put holes in your bags? Man, there's some people, the, the, the more they do it their way, the less they prosper. If you want to prosper, do it God's way. Do it God's way. There's been people give their whole life savings to different things only to lose every last penny they had because they listened to somebody that was a scam artist and a liar and a thief. Did you ever notice in the Bible that one of the characteristics of the traitor, the one who betrayed the Lord, he was a thief. He was a thief. It's amazing how you watch characteristics. I've seen people who betrayed, and they manifested that they were thieves. Just like it was described of Judas. He didn't care about the poor. He didn't have a burden for the work of God. Think about, they talk about one of the Wall Street guys that supposedly got put out and could no longer trade, lost his license or whatever, because of insider trading. That's betrayal is what it is. It's betrayal. And that's what Judas did. Judas had inside information. He was trained. He was empowered. He was given insight to the kingdom of God. He got to walk with Jesus, talk with Jesus, pray with Jesus, worship with Jesus, be around Jesus. Go day in and day out as he went through villages and cities and house to house and dealing with people, doing all the wonderful things that he did. And he got to be right there with him. He, he got that knowledge imparted to him a knowledge of the holy, a knowledge that was hid from before the foundation of the world. And the Lord said, I'll open my mouth in dark sayings. And I'll speak to you and I'll show you things. Yeah. Remember how that they, they came and they, they wanted to know about what happens in the resurrection when it comes time for marriage. And Jesus said, well, you see, there is none of that. And he said, those that are worthy, accounted worthy, to be in that resurrection. It's very specific. It's not just any resurrection. That resurrection. And Revelation teaches you it's the first resur resurrection, not the second. Oh, you don't want to be in the second. You miss the first. That's it. 
it. There's nothing left good. Nothing good left at all. But that to be in that resurrection, Jesus said, they neither marry nor are given in marriage. He said, but they're equal unto the angels. He said, they never die. A lot to look forward to. A lot to look forward to. A lot to fight for. A lot to stand for. A lot to be strong for. A lot to resist the devil over and put him to running to let him know. Uh, somebody told me that they were, went to get their hair cut. And they said that while they were there, I guess the guy that cuts the hair, he's always trying to get them involved with racism. He's always trying to get them involved with hatred. Oh, always under the guise of some, you know. But you know, hate is hate, church family. Oh, it's true. Hate is hate. And racism works all kinds of ways. It's not just between black and white. There's yellow, there's red, and if there's a purple, they'll have it too. There's always going to be an element. But so what? We're in the church. We're delivered from all of that. We're saved from that. We don't hate anybody but the devil. And those that are going to listen to him and follow him, and what we hate is the spirit that's on them, which comes right back to the devil again. I don't believe that Jesus hated Peter, but he sure spoke very sharply and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me. Because when Jesus looked, he didn't see little old buddy daddy Peter. He saw the spirit that was influencing Peter. And he said, You don't savor the things that are of God. You're not loving the things that are of God. You're not entertaining the things that are of God. Oh, no, you've got your mind on things that are not of God. And so the individual told me that they, when they got their hair cut and they got ready to go, the, the guy down there said to him, said, uh, well, look, I've got this thing set up, you know, and you can watch and hear on a monitor here. And he said, he just backed out and he said, no, no, you know, I'm on lunch, i got to go, bye. He went out the door. And he said, later on in the day, though, the Lord gave him a first-class whipping. And he got very, very convicted that he didn't stand up, that he didn't tell that guy what he needed to hear. Oh, friend, we, we are called to testify to him. Jesus said, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You'll be witnesses unto me. We're called to tell a lost and a dying world, a mixed-up world. Regard, whatever their argument is, you know, whether it's one guy said they, you know, whether it's from um, Vicks V05 to tennis sneakers, <laughs> whatever. Whatever people are for, whatever people are against, or whatever people are tied up in, we've got something to share with them that transcends all of that. There's so many things that it's just not going to matter. Some people think that they're just reacting to things, you know. But our reaction 
is not to be a carnal reaction. We are to come with the sword and the shield of the Lord. We are to come with the whole armor of God. We are to come with the great sword of God, which is the Word of God. I had a preacher that went to Vietnam. He tried to evade it because he wasn't going to shoot or kill anybody. And uh, you might want to think about that when you go get all your gun licenses and your Glocks. You know, you might stop and think for a minute. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to shoot anybody and send them to hell, condemn them to hell. I don't want to do that. And I know that Jesus said if you live by a weapon, you're going to die by a weapon. I don't want any part of that. I want the Lord to be my shield and my exceeding great reward. And he's able. He's more than able, church family. Well, nonetheless, people get very mixed up and very confused in this world in which we live. And they get taken in by all kinds of scams and schemes and rants and raves that people have over different things that just aren't going to matter in the big picture. In the big picture, I'm telling you, there's two systems. There's the system of the beast, and there's the system of God. And that means there's going to be believers and unbelievers. And you have an opportunity to choose, as Jeremiah or Joshua said, and as Moses said, basically, choose you this day. Choose. You have an opportunity to be among the greatest system that God has put on the earth. He put his kingdom. He gave men and women the opportunity through the born-again experience, that is, to be baptized in Jesus' name in water and to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost that would place you into the body of Christ, the kingdom of God. But you know what? I'm going to tell you something. There's more to us, that is the church, than Acts 2.38. That's the threshold. That's the entering in. And it's an abundant entrance, thank God. But there's more to the church than that. Everybody said amen. amen. I found there to be a whole lot more to God's church than Acts 2.38 and John 3.5, but it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't take away from the necessity of it when I say that. Because once again, it all starts with that. It's like the guy that told me, if you've been telling these people about Christmas and Easter and all that stuff, you've been teaching them and telling them that's all a bunch of junk. It was probably like almost 40 years ago when we started here, and we started here over 40 years. And he was visiting, and I said, uh, this was after church. He sat through the service. And I said, well, I said, I noticed that your wife is great with child. Yeah. And I said, so have you, uh, have you told that child in that stomach of hers? I said, have you, that bun in the oven, have you, you told that child about all these things you're talking about? He said, no. No. He said, i wait till the baby's born. I said, exactly. I said, so why am I going to tell some things to people that aren't yet born again? First things first. Let's birth the baby. Let's get people born again of water and spirit. Let's get the heart changed. 
Let's get the nature changed. Let's do what Jesus said first. Clean up the inside of the cup. And then we'll work on the outside. We've often said, you don't dress a fish till you catch it. Anybody hear fish? Anybody? We used to have all kinds of Brother Whitfield, okay, Tom, okay. All right, I'd like to see you reach down into the water while that fish is still going around there and you just got your filet knife out and you're trying to get him all dressed up for dinner and he's still flopping around and swimming in the... You're not even going to get near him with that knife. He's gone. You know, you got to catch the fish first. People need to be born again first. And then Jesus can open their understanding that they might understand. I, I'd said it a lot of times when I grew up. I grew up on the beach. And if you'd have walked up to me and told me it was sinful and wrong to walk around my shirt off, I'd probably popped you in the jaw. You know, I'd gone to Fifth City over that. I wouldn't have understood that. A lot of things you could have said to me I wouldn't have understood. But when I got witness to, then I said, how come nobody ever told me this stuff? <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> I had some experience with, with religion, and I, they didn't tell me that stuff. And, uh, and here I am being shown, looking about, read it for yourself, looking about, read it for yourself, line after line, there it is. Read it, read it. And I was like, wow. You know? And then I got the experience, and I came to the altar, and I fell on my knees, and my wife's sitting in the very back, while I, and I didn't even know because I was praying or trying to pray. What did I know about praying? I knew about as much then as I know now, and that is cry out to God. <laughs> tell him all about it. Like a child to his mommy, hey, I boo-boo, I got boo-boo. That's what you tell him. Believe me, I did. I said, that hurt. Help me out. <laughs> and he did. Thank God he did. Yes, he did. And so... I fell on my knees and I began to pray. It's all new to me. And you know the thing is, when you talk to God, He will talk back if you're sincere. If you're sincere. And boy, God started talking to my wife sitting back there with the woman, the wife of the man that I worked for at that time in the church. And that's how I got witness to him. And um, he came up and joined me at the altar. And going to pray with me, and, and uh, man, the Holy Ghost hit me. Of course, I didn't know it was the Holy Ghost. It hit me like a bolt of lightning, and this old proud fellow broke down, and I cried, I cried, man, I cried. I had a man tell me last night, he works at Home Depot, and I've, you know, struck up a friendship with him over the years, and he's been there 11 years, he told me, and uh, he said his wife got sick. And he said, I took two weeks off from work. Go to the hospital. You got to watch them hospitals. With everything else she had when she went in the hospital, and brother, she had all kinds of internal problems. She got lice. Must be a very clean hospital. Well, I'm sure they all mean well, but you know, I've heard you can get MRSA there too. <laughs> I like God. That's what God does for me. I really do. He's just so good. And so, so I, I, uh, I'm telling you, I wept, and that's what this guy told me. He said, oh, I was in the hospital, and he said, I, 
She had so many things. He started telling me. He told me so many things she had wrong with her. One thing led to another. It was like dominoes. They were just going one after another. I can't even remember what all he told me. But somewhere at the end, a typical thing, wound up with pneumonia and had to be treated for that. And, and the very ending of life, wow, great. You know, I guess that was considered to be the cherry on top of the ice cream or something. I don't know. But nonetheless, he said, every night, he said, I, I prayed, I cried, he said. And this guy's not a church-going guy. He's not any kind of where near being a believer. And uh, but boy, he prayed. He told me. He said, and I'm sitting there. I'm listening to him. He's standing over my table. He says, you got to believe. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I wasn't going to, you know, do anything like that. I, I just went right along with him. And I, I'm shaking my head. Yes, you know. And well, well they, they like to put them letters together. SMH. Well, I was shaking my head. <laughs> but I was shaking in the affirmative. Nice. I like to shake my head in agreement rather than disagreement. I like it when I can agree. I like it when the Bible said that in, about agreement in the Bible and that God would do things, you know. It would be nice if we could get in one accord. And that's right. not a vehicle. Okay. Get in agreement, get in harmony. That's what brought the, out, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost at the kid's mind the other night, or Friday night, actually. Last night, night, two nights ago. Boy, two nights ago. Just the other day. Anyway, that's, that's what we're talking about, that outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Because people came together, and they, they had already made up their minds in stepping away from all the things they stepped away from. They stepped away from them in pursuit of the salvation of God. That became the priority in their life. And they proved it by stepping away from people and things. And they headed down to that upper room of that church house per instruction. And they got there, friends. And they began to praise and they began to worship and they began to believe. They begin to cry and have faith. And that's when that sound from heaven came. And that's when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's what I'm saying to you, that when we, just like this guy is telling me, and him not having any way, of, any part of truth, but he just kept saying over and over again, you got to have faith. You got to believe. You got to have faith. You got to believe. Just kept saying over and over again. And I certainly couldn't disagree with that. That's exactly right. Oh, I could have said a whole lot of things, you know. But I didn't quite feel like that was exactly the moment. He, wife got out of there and got rid of everything right up through the lice, I guess. Unless they took them home, and I sure hope they didn't. <laughs> and, uh, but I was happy for him, glad for him. At least he looked to God. At least he came to some kind of touching, if you please, the hem of his garment. He, he got something. And God is a good God, church family. Amen. He's a good God, and he hears the cry. 
hears the cry. He, he does honor faith. He does honor faith. But you know what? The Bible says, if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off. Now, that doesn't mean you go become an axe murderer and get an axe and cut you. It's not what that's talking about. That would probably be easy in comparison. Yeah. I actually read a true, a true account about a, a young man that was uh, rock, into rock climbing, you know, going up the big mountains, the face of the mountains and all that stuff. And, and he, uh, he got his arm caught between two boulders, and I guess they shifted. And he was caught hanging off the side of a mountain. And uh, he, he, had a, he was able to get into his pocket. He had a small knife. He actually had to amputate his own arm to save. You know, you amputate to save the rest of the body. And that's what he did. And, uh, and that's a very true account. And that didn't happen too many years ago now. And uh, that's what the scripture's talking about there. It's talking about cutting off that which is killing you. Cutting off that which is jeopardizing your whole life. Jesus said it would be better for you to go through life minus an arm than to enter into hell whole. Oh, friends. There was a preacher. He was a rough old guy. God delivered him from death row. He was on death row for murder. And God delivered him, got him out of death row. And he became a preacher. He's the one that was standing on the street corner preaching. And a woman just hawked up a great big, poof, right in his face. And he was a big guy. He could have pulverized her, you know. And uh, he just reached in his back pocket, pulled out his handkerchief, wiped his face off, and went on preaching. And that woman declared, she said, well, I've heard of holiness, she said, but now I've seen it. Well, that's right. That's what people need. Because they're always looking at us. After God filled me with the Holy Ghost, the first one that got moved by was my own wife. When I broke like I broke, I broke like a dam. And the waters came flushing out, friend. And I cried and I cried and I cried. And next thing I knew, the hands started jumping. And silly me, I looked at it and I went, what? And when I did, it stopped. Then I got scared. And you know what? It's like one young man I read in the newspaper, played for Glade Central here. He said, there's speed. And then he said, and then there's what I call scared speed. <laughs> That's when you step it up <laughs> a little bit more, you know, because <laughs> you get scared. Okay, so it, it's, it's good. And I got scared. And I started screaming, God, don't leave me. When I did, both hands start falling. Next thing I know, I was speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave me the utterance. And two and a half hours later, I slumped back against the altar, and the three of them were looking at me. And they said, how do you feel? And I said, I'm tired, and I'm hungry. I want a pizza. <laughs> and I was like John and Daniel, man. I was like dead at his feet. He wrung everything out of me. Well, that's what we need done. To get all, he said, clean up the inside of the cup first. 
Let's get in there and get all that dirt out. The everlasting living bit of it, let's get it out. You don't want any fallow ground. That's the reserve part. I had a guy come to me, and I was fasting. Right here. I was in it. This used to be a kitchen. My office used to be a kitchen. Office used to be back there. I know you can't envision it, but it was. And um, no, there's a lot of things you don't know. There's a lot of hardships being gone through that you don't know. Be ye thankful. Be ye thankful. And uh, yeah, so I was sitting in, on the kitchen counter. You go to my office, you'll notice all the plugs are up high. That's why. Because there was kitchen counters in there. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, I was sitting on the kitchen counter. We were under construction. And uh, he comes in, and he's got two great big king-size candy bars. And he says, he says, well, he said, I got one I'll share, one I won't. <laughs> well, you know, you can't hold back on God like that. I'll give you this, God, but I ain't giving you this. I like this too much. I want this. Well, start thinking about the body of Christ. And, you know, we got one, two, three, four, five guys sitting right here on the front. And every one of them is an individual. I know them all pretty well. They're all individuals. And if it was left to each one of them, they would all keep something that they like and they want to do. And then we could pick five ladies. It'd be the same thing. You know? But see, when you, when you come to God, as the example is the precedent was set in Acts chapter 2, and they emptied it all out. They held back nothing. And it took seven days and seven nights to get it out of them. <laughs> Woo! Oh, brother. You know, my pastor told me about they had a, he was, at that time, he was part of an organization. And uh, they, he was always involved with home missions. Actually wrote the policy for this organization in that particular state. And uh, so they wanted him to go up to the executive level, which would have been over the whole international situation. And uh, so they voted. You know, there's rules. You had to get two-thirds of the vote and all that. Well, him and another guy kept running neck and neck. And it was no two-thirds. It was too close. And they did that two or three times. And finally, my pastor just said, give it to him. I'm withdrawing my name. I'm out of it. Give it to him. And that's what they did. And I'm looking at him and the rest of the story. <laughs> and he said, uh, he said, I went home. And he said, and I got on my face. And he said, he said, I had to stay there a long time. A long time. And, you know, it took me a long time to understand what he meant. <laughs> but what it was, he had to die to that feeling. I want that. I want that. 
I really did want that. You know? I had a doubt about it. I'm sure you've read in the Bible, Jesus was thinking about that cruise. He was thinking about that resort. He was thinking about that beautiful Mediterranean Sea. He was thinking about all the style, the different things that was going on, the places he could have been, the things he could have been doing. But it was appointed unto him to go to Jerusalem and to give his back to the cat of nine tails for us. It was appointed unto him be smitten and beaten, ridiculed, humiliated, bruised. Now, you think about a cruise on the Mediterranean or a whooping with a cat of nine tails. I don't think, you know, you know, it's a tough choice, Lord, but I think I'm gonna take the cruise. Hmm. Y'all think? <laughs> oh, brother. But, and don't think he didn't struggle. He had flesh to contend with. Yes, he did. That's why he can be, that's why it's written that we have a high priest which can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Because he'd been there, he'd done that. He went through it. He knows. He knows. He knows what we struggle with, he knows what we wrestle with. That's why he said, uh, <clears throat> speaking to the one that he taught when they said, who then can be saved? He said, well, with man it's not possible. He said, but with God all things are possible. So he's praying, being an example in the days of his flesh. He's praying. And he's saying, uh, to him who all things are possible, saying, if it be possible, he said, let this cup pass from my chalice. I told you about the lady that got involved with that wrong group. And, uh, of course, some people don't like to hear you say that wrong group because, you know, we're living in a world of wants 100% tolerance. They don't want any rules. They don't want any boundaries. They don't want you to say something's right. And by doing that, the other side of the coin is then something's wrong. They don't want that. They want no control. They want no authority. They just want to do whatever they want to do. And if I thought maybe that you wouldn't misunderstand, I would tell you that People want to do what they, <laughs> like the preacher was preaching, he got preaching on the devil so much, he said, those damn devils. But he was very quick. And he said, well, they are damned. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Yeah, so I'm saying that you can, you can damn yourself. 
You can hurt yourself. You could put yourself in the wrong place, in the wrong position, around the wrong people, doing the wrong things. And you can desire the wrong things. All the way over this. You can desire the wrong things. Okay? You can desire the wrong things. And you got to get that desire under your feet. You've got to dig up and let the Holy Ghost dig up that fallow ground. You've got to get to the place where you say, not my will, but thy will. Some things are appointed unto us as they were unto him. Over and over again it's in the scriptures that if things were done a certain way, he then he said, how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled? How's the program going to go forward if everybody does their own thing? If everybody gives vent to their own fleshly impulses, things that are not the will of the Spirit, the will of God. The devil would like us to argue endlessly, endlessly. You know, back in my pastor's day, women wore stockings, and it even was kind of mandatory. And uh, There's nothing wrong with stockings, I guess. Don't bother me if you wear them. Doesn't bother me if you don't wear them. Uh, but in those days, they wore them. And, and the, the stockings had a seam going up the back. Kind of like men's socks have a seam at the end so your toes don't go out, right? It had a seam going up the back. And they got to arguing the church family. I guess the hens got to arguing about the thickness of the seam. You can argue about anything. And the devil loves it. Anything to tie things up. Anything to get our eye off the ball, so to speak. Anything to distract us. Anything to keep us from doing what we need to be doing. Get us all in a mumbo-jumbo about that. Well, I guess the answer on the, on the thickness of the seam got answered by they came out with seamless stockings. <laughs> so then there was, you know, then the argument was, well, you have to wear a seam. You can't wear them without a seam. You know? It, the enemy does not care, church family. Just get all distracted, get all in a fuss, get all caught up in a whole lot of, and that's what Satan did. He got them angels in heaven to flapping their wings along with their mouths. You say, well, how do you know? Well, the Bible did talk about the, the tongues of angels how their communication system goes. And they, man, they, they got into some conclave about it until it cost a third of the heavenly host their place in heaven. And now they're doomed. There's not a thing that you could use to incentivize the devil or any of the fallen angels to get them to be reasonable, to get them to work something out with you. Not going to happen. You have nothing that they want except you. Except you. That's all the devil wants. He wants you. You hear me? 
He wants to. He wants to cast you down to hell. He wants to put you in chains of die. He, misery loves company. Okay? That, um, I realize that that doesn't say it that way. You know, the Bible doesn't always say things the way our little fleshly self wants it to say. I love it. When did, where's the Bible say that? Well, sometimes it does say it in subject matter. It just don't say it the way you want it to say it. You know? It's the truth. Is anybody here that thinks it's all right to shoot heroin? Raise your hand. Is it okay to shoot heroin? You pleased with that? You think that'd be okay? Good. Show me in the Bible where it says, Thou shalt not shoot heroin. I'd like to read that. Cocaine? Oxycontin? But does the Bible teach some things? Can we put subject matter together? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been dealing for 46 years with people that I've been out on the street. I've had people say the most vulgar things when you're trying to witness. We used to go to the park. We used to bring a squeeze box. One of the girls played the accordion. And another one had a, a drum, like a number three tub or something. And she put a pole and a string. And put her foot on there and bing, bing. She'd play that thing like a bass. And the other one playing a squeeze box. And we'd sing out in the middle of the park. And, and in those days, there was hippies out there. Yeah. 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 And uh, oh, they'd, those spirits would speak through them. Man, they could say some, they said vulgar things that I cannot repeat. That I will not repeat. Because when Jesus gave me the Holy Ghost, that cussing stuff went out. It's as simple as that. Don't do that. And have no desire to do certain things anymore. And you know what? Not having the desire, it's like getting rid of the flu. You don't want to invite it back. You don't want to entertain that. You don't want to let that back in your life. Amen. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Everybody said, I'm out of time. I hear you. <laughs> All right. Well, one of those mornings I could go on and on and on, and I hadn't got anywhere near my text. <laughs> I guess I went on and on and on, didn't I? Oh, brother. Well, you know, just remember, that enemy, the Bible said that the woman, that when his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven, and he did cast them to the earth, that's what the devil did, and that's what he does. He goes around, and he tries to influence people negatively, and, and the whole thing is, under any guise, under any kind of so-called justifiable to him or her, justifiable reason. It's all a, the, the spirit behind it. Just like Peter, oh, Lord, I won't let this happen. I won't let it. No, no, no. And Jesus said, he looked right at him, and he didn't see Peter. He saw that spirit hanging all over him. And that's what a lot of people don't see. And that spirit just trying to, keep people from being involved in the church, 
in the work of God. Get you involved in something else. And there's, oh, he finds out about hidden motives and agendas. Yes, he does. And oftentimes then people do what they want to do, but they're, they're never going to face up to what it's really all about. They're never going to. And that's what gets them in the problem most of the time anyway, is a lack of responsibility. They're not going to accept. They're not ever going to say it was my fault. They're always going to say it's my fault. Get a divorce. Blame the preacher. Think about that. My, my, my. What a world we live in. Well, it's no different than the world back yonder. Because the spirits are the same. Spirits never die. Third of the heavenly host got swept out by the lie of the devil. And uh, they were spoken of as the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to deliver her child as soon as it was born. This is the Christ. Mary delivering the Christ child. And she brought forth a man child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. I trust you can figure what that means. The woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand, two hundred, and threescore days. Twelve hundred and sixty days. Well, you get into a lot of prophecy there. But the point is, you watch the basic outline, church family, and you watch how the Bible said what we read earlier, that he sent out a flood. There's a whole flood of things. Arguments are endless. Controversies are endless. The devil will feed them all day long. He doesn't care. Anything but what it says right here, let's stand together this morning as I conclude, and your standing helps me to conclude. He said, and of course he went back real quick, don't you love it? And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought against his angels and prevailed not. Well, that's what I'm telling you. The devil is a loser. And he's always going to be a loser. He's never going to win. There's nothing in him that is a winner at all. He's just all talk. Quit listening. Quit listening. And don't just walk away. Leave him with a little rebuke. Get behind me, Satan. And the Bible went on to say that they, the church, they overcame him, the dragon, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Hey, who do you love this morning? Because you can't love both. You're either going to give your love to God or you're going to waste it on yourself and the world and the devil. That's what's going to happen. 
If you're looking for a way out of your problem, I'm telling you, my God is a reasonable God. Just come and hold it up. Say, I got a boo-boo. Help me. Now, he may tell you, after you whack your thumb three times, you finally give you the, you'll finally receive the answer. Move your thumb. Make a little change. Make a little adjustment. You do a little something here. Take a step of faith. Put a little works with your faith. He said, went on to say, when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman, the church, which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given. Okay, that's fine. Verse 15, and the angel cast out of his mouth water as a flood, the key word flood, after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. I'm telling you, that it's endless. In the world we're living in, in the time we're living, there's more and more inventions, and there's more and more breakdown of society. There's more independent attitudes. Okay? More and more. More and more. And it's bringing all kinds of pain and misery and upheaval and upset and breakups and everything else. The serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood. He wanted to cause the church to be carried away of the flood. The, the devil wants you to get all caught up with causes and issues and politics and all kinds of things. Hey, you need a cause. Jesus is, is the cause you ought to be involved with. He's the cause. Two systems. System of the beast, where you'll get his mark and be doomed. Or you can get in the kingdom of God, which is his system, which is the church. And you can get the mark of God on you, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And all that goes with it. There's more to the church than Acts 2.38, church family. How many times have we said, Acts 2.38, John 3.5 is what saves you, but Romans to Revelation is what keeps you saved. It's what keeps you saved. you got to stay saved. The earth helped the woman. The earth opened her mouth, swallowed up the flood. Well, we got a world that's just soaking it all up. God's using the very thing the enemy's got out there against him. God is, is here. He's looking. He's listening. He's providing. He's opening doors. He's making the way. He's meeting the needs. But the, he did say, watch and pray. And I did say I'd quit, so I'm going to do it. It's hard. And the devil, the dragon, was mad with the church, and he went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Well, are you going to get in a battle or not? Are you going to take up the whole armor of God or not? Are you going to help build up or tear down? What you going to do? Went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which 
What, what is it about the remnant of the seed? What is it about the church? Well, here it is. Which keep, that means they guard and they protect and they hold close to them. Which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. At Antioch, they were first called Christians. Hey, they had a look. They had a style all their own. They had a personality all their own. And all of it reflected the Christ. It reflected the Christ. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> our cleanness, our uprightness, our honesty, our wholesomeness, our soundness. And I could go on and on as the Bible goes on and on. <clears throat> that God has given to us. Friend, I was a, I know I'm going to really stretch your faith, but hey, I was a long-haired hippie. Now, don't fall on the ground laughing, okay? Okay. And I had the chinny-chin-chin. I had Buddha hanging around my neck. And I had rubber shirts and plastic pants and shoes with heels that high. And you taking my jelly beans again? Oh, that's my mic screen. Thank you. I got to watch, Tom. He goes for my jelly beans. Keep them for the kids. Right. I'm just kidding. You know that. Tom knows that. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise yes, sir. God changed my life. I broke at that altar. He shook me like a kid shaking a piggy bank trying to get the money out. Boy, he got everything out of me. He got it out, friend. He got it out. And I got to fight every day to keep it out. Yes, I do. And yes, you do too. Oh, yeah. Because we want to keep the commandments of God. That's why we've got an academy. Another reason why. Because we're trying to raise these children from the earliest age and raise them in the ways of God. Oh, we're so slow sometimes. Oh, she's just a little thing. He's just a little thing. But boy, you send them down to the public school system, and brother, they're doing everything they want them to do. It don't matter how little they are. They'll take your girls and put pants on them. Hello! Well, that's the truth. Yes, they will. And a whole lot of other things, too. And then they'll send them to a bathroom where they might meet up with a guy. Oh, wait, we don't know if it's a guy. You might be a trans, might be in transition because they're confused, church family. And look what God has done for you. God has taken away the confusion. God has given you a mind of Christ and understanding. Amen. He's given you things that were kept secret from before the foundation of the world. He's made you the possessor. He's made you a part of the church, which is the safe deposit box of the truth of God. How blessed we are. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Thank you, dear God. I praise you, Jesus. And I worship you, holy God. I need your grace and your love every day, Jesus. I need your mercy and your peace, oh God. I need your holy hand, and I want to be thankful, God. I want you to know I'm thankful, God. I want you to know I'm thankful for salvation. I want you to know it, God.
I want to try to live it every day. I want to be a light that absolutely makes people glorify you. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear God. Holy, holy, holy God. Let's give God a big hand, shall we? Oh, yeah. I know, I know that I need to quit. I know that we need to take an offering, but I'm just going to tell you something. I can preach anywhere. It'll hit me at the most unexpected time. And I started preaching the other day. Nobody was there. And I started preaching about all you girls. And I said, why do you want our girls? These are church girls. These are Holy Ghost girls. They don't do things like those girls do out there. And poochie mamas. They don't do that kind of stuff. They don't know those kind of things. So you go marry one of our girls, you're going to be very disappointed. Because you've been around the block so many times, the meter has done run out. But our girls haven't been there, honey. Our girls have been in the altar. Our girls have been in church with their hands up. And I trust our guys too. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. We don't know their techniques. We're not involved with their filth. Right. He's been raised from the, from the cradle right here. Boy, somebody, somebody did something to one of the youngins the other day and seen fell came alive. And she said, and I don't think she was dead to begin with, but I think she just stepped it up. It got her attention. She said, that's one of my babies. She said, nobody messes with my babies. And I said, yes, ma'am. I got to go now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to be on the right side of that hurricane. I promise you I do. <laughs> Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. And our children are loved around here. And our children better know that. You better love, learn to love them that love you. And quit trying to love somebody that don't love us. Get involved with somebody that's not showing that kind of love and thankfulness and appreciation. Amen. All right. Everybody said God bless you all. In Jesus' name. And it was good preaching too, by the way.